All right, the art of worship. People don't realize that you know art can not only be, it can be word, sculptures, many different things. It can be an act. You know, football. You know, they would say uh, the quarterback he was a mastermind out there on the, on the football field. How he crafted up, when he carved up the defense, stuff like that. The same point, the same principle um, goes within the um, in the Christian world. John four twenty three through twenty four. But the hour cometh, and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, if you notice right here, there's a capital S, and God is a spirit. That is talking about God's spirit, which is the Holy Ghost. If you notice down in the bottle when it says in spirit and truth, it's a, it's a lowercase s. When he says spirit and truth, he's talking about you and the truth. The truth is already established as far as God's truth. That's, what, that's already there. The spirit part, he's talking about no human spirit needs to acknowledge his godly spirit, and you need to worship him with that, with the information he's given you. That's who he's looking for. He's looking for people who understand who he is as the great I am. That's one of God's many names. The great I am in in with his truth. And that's how you worship him. You don't worship him with your outside knowledge. You don't worship him with your mama's knowledge. You don't worship him with your daddy or your uncle or your auntie's knowledge. You worship him with the truth that he's given you. That Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the one that died and resurrected from the um, from death. From the grave, excuse me. When we describe how believers should or shouldn't worship the Lord, when we take a closer look at it, one can help us see how worship is a true art form. The scripture we just read insinuates that we can do we can do it wrong or we or with the wrong motives. Here's a quote. This is my quote. I'm gonna pack these one day and get paid for it. Your good intentions can still produce bad results. It can. Many, many people have, oh, I got this great idea, I want to do this, I want to do that, and then things go south. We have no way of knowing as a human being whether or not what we're trying to do is going to come out with a great result. We just don't know. We like to think that we do, but we don't. It's, that's just the God honest truth. That's why we have to be mindful of what we're doing, and we have to stay in prayer about it so that we don't get messed up. Because it might, it, might be it might be a good idea, but you might not be able to do it right now. You know, you've got to give you something and you think you're supposed to run out and do it right now. So people don't realize it, it was two years before I actually started pastoring. Because my wife wasn't ready. She was like, no, I don't to do that. And I can't make her do it. God had to change her heart. And she said she was ready, that's when we went out and did it. I just got ready. I got myself ready in the meantime. Got our children ready. Prepared them for what was coming. And that's all you that's what you're supposed to do. You don't override people, you don't because if I would what if I would have pushed it? I could have messed up my wife and my wife and kids. Oh, I feel like God's called, and you're gonna hear that all the time. This is my call that you get divorced two or three times. I think you should have waited. Get some clarity on that. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm telling people, take the time. We have to be mindful of what God wants and not just what we think He wants. He might be calling you to do something. He ain't telling you to mess up what he already gave you either, though. 1 Samuel 15 through 23. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as the great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams, for the rebellion is as sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is an iniquity and idolatry. 
because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. Now, if you read the book of Samuel, Saul was the first king of Israel. He messed up because instead of obeying God, he started his good intentions. Produced bad results. Had he just, this particular case, had he just waited for Samuel, for Samuel to come, he wouldn't have been in trouble. But this dumb dumb, <laughs> he decided he going to be king and priest, and you couldn't mix those two positions back in that time. There was a designated priest and there was a designated king. They're not interchangeable. They are now because of Christ, but they weren't before. And he had no business doing what he did. And God took the kingdom from him. That's why King David's name is so much greater than King Saul. Don't nobody know about Saul. Everybody know about King David. King Saul was the first king, but he messed up. He messed up. King Saul had a problem with obedience. You see, when we are elevated to a higher position, if we don't keep a mind of humility as we go up, arrogance has a way of coming in and setting up shop. We've all met arrogant people. You can't tell them nothing. They know they're right. They know what they're doing is correct. You a peasant. You beneath me. Okay. Tell you something that I learned from a, from a pastor in Texas. Turn the hourglass over which means you just give it some time. Their arrogance, their, their pride, that sin, it's going to find them out. And it's going to put them on blast. That's what sin does. Tell you how bad you are. That's why we can't follow the law. Because all it's going to do is tell you how bad you are. It can't help you. And arrogance is one of, is, is, is pride. It's going to tell you, you suck. You think you all that in the bag of chips, but you're not. You're not sugar, honey, iced tea. You're not. Not. If we are going to be called by God to be his instruments, you better make sure you're playing the right tune. Full obedience is an act of worship that church folks struggle with. It is hard. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the world. I don't know if it's all sin on flesh. It is hard for folk, church folks to be obedient. And I tell people, I say, you know, I, I know. And I know people care if they come on time. If you are progressively trying, I understand. Take take it may take you a couple take you a couple times, but eventually you'll get there. If you take yourself to get there, church folks, it's like and I'm talking about black folks. Do we ever start on time? We ever start on time? Why? But I bet you they clock in on time to work. He gonna get that check. See, the obedience is, you know, we want our kids to obey all the time, but we don't. We're not good preachers and teachers. Though. I can't tell my kid, my son, you need to get up on time for school. Call out if I can't be on time for work. That's a, that's a bad precedent. The kids watch, and they don't forget nothing. Nor do they let you forget. Lord, help me. <laughs> Not because we don't know, but because our pride and our traditions has us thinking our hearts don't have to be clean. You ever done some, some you ever done something and go through the motion? It doesn't have the same results as when you put your foot in it. That's how we like our food. I used to say, man, my mama put her foot in that mac and cheese, right? You can tell somebody really went all out with some food. Everything be good. The, the, crumb, the crumbs be good. Fight the dog, don't you lick my plate. <laughs> you see, when we begin to worship the Lord in spirit and truth, we bring our heart and our soul with the truth of the gospel, and that is the worshipers God is looking for. So you can't come in there airheaded. I'm just going to come here and clap. You go home. 
or at least come, tell the truth. Hey, man, I don't feel like being here today. I'm, I'm, it's been a rough week. All right, brother. But see, we got to understand what worship is. Worship ain't here. It's not, praise and worship is not for you. Amen. The fact that you had a bad week and you survived it tells God's grace and his mercy. Amen. Now give him praise. Amen. But see, if you ain't thinking, how you going to praise? How you going to give him worship? You don't even understand what you're in for. No, and, and how you going to understand? Somebody tell him. No, brother, it ain't, it ain't, I understand. You know, we all have rough weeks. Sometimes I have them too. But we're not making here. Amen. The one time we made that up, the one day we got out the week for two hours to give God glory. And all, if, I, if, I, if I do it one time, I need to do it here. Amen. I need to recognize the fact that I'm breathing. That's right. My checking account has money in it. My refrigerator has food. I have gas. I don't have to push my car. Lord have mercy. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Thank you, Lord. I put so many cars in my life, I can't stand it. I think about it right now. I can shout right now. Amen. But if you don't understand what it is that you're praising for, you don't have, you don't, you're not bringing your intellect. It's like, ain't no dumb Christian. It shouldn't be. You ain't read no Bible if you think that you're dumb. You shouldn't be. You have to worship him in spirit and truth. We bring our heart and soul to the truth of the gospel, and that is what the worship God is looking for. Going through the motion with God does not get you any brownie points. God, you ain't doing him no favor by showing up. I'm here, y'all. Bruh, you get somewhere to slam somewhere or assist, bro. There isn't a tally for you to check off. Psalm 51, verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Get your spirit right. Get yourself together. Work on you. Be the best you you can be. Do you know it's impossible to worship when your heart is full of junk? You will rely on your traditional way to pray and look. When we are weighed down by the cares of this world, we are distracted, disgruntled, and too occupied to be interested in true worship. True worship is obedience, not antics. That's why we have the conversation. That's why we have the Bible study, the Sunday school. I want you to know what you praise and worship for. Don't, I don't want you coming here just thinking you just to have a good time. We can do that any time with you. I'm ready to barbecue so bad I can't stand it. But there's a time and place for that. This is not that time. This is the time to give God the honor and glory that he deserves for being a, good, a just God to us because he could have killed us in our sleep and we'd have never known about it. Amen. But he didn't do that. Father Abraham, Genesis 22, 1 through 13. A lot of reading, we're going to get through it. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him therefore a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass as a donkey and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the, with the ass, which is the donkey, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again to you. He went and took his son to go build an altar to worship the Lord. So he was teaching his son how to worship. Which means we need to be teaching our children how to do it too. Amen. That's why you gotta, they should see you praying. They should see you uh, uh, giving God thanks for, for making it through the week. And Abraham took the wood off the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife 
And they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire in the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they both they, so they went both up them together, and they came to the place which God had told them of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thy anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by the horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. You see, it was a test. We were just talking about testimony before we started. That was Abraham's test. Abraham was old and crusty. He was 100 years old and he had a son. You should, that's physically impossible. Your body function should really work that way. That way. But apparently his, his wife was 90. She was 90, so she's passing in the hall. Ain't no age being released. But God opened her womb and a son came to her. That's why Abraham is, is the father of faith. Because he believed when he had dust. And the Bible says he was of dust. That's how, that's, that's how he prayed. He was dust. <laughs> and he's the father of, of all of, of, of the Jews. He's the father of, of, of Christ. The faith, the father of faith. It started with him. We, but his faith started, he believed God to the point of obedience. And he obeyed God to worship. I mean, he was going to sacrifice. He was going to sacrifice his son because he believed God was going to live. Now, there wasn't a resurrection at this time. Jesus hadn't came yet. He hadn't been here. It's, no, it's, a, it's a many, many years before he get there. And yet, still it happened. The moral of this story is Father Abraham obeyed God fully, even though it would cost him the one thing he and Sarah loved the most. Jesus. What do we need to give up to become true worshipers of the Lord like Abraham? The reason why most of us can't worship God the way we need to be, needs to be worshiping spirit and truth is because we're worshiping something else. Something else has replaced God that he only, he, he requires. It might be a video game. It might be cars. It might be money. Most people, it's money. It might be persons. It might be your career. It could even be your family. You can, you can put so much stock into your family and not in God, and it can be an idol. As crazy as that sounds. Jesus. A man can be so obsessed with power, so obsessed with prestige. It can be an idol. It don't have to be a statue to be called an idol. But that's our problem here as, as believers. Not necessarily, just not just here in this church, but all, all across the world. We put our trust in stuff that can't save us. And when it comes down to, to worshiping God the way we're supposed to, we can't do it. Because we put all our spirit and our trust and truth in something else. That's why I'm not the evolutionist for praising and worshiping evolution and science. They put their all into it. It's what they believe. But if you believe in the Christ and you believe in the creation, then why don't you believe the God that created everything? If he said he created, he, spoke, he created the world in the six days and everything in it. That's enough information for me to understand that I need to know that he created me in his image and his likeness. See, it started with Genesis. Then he gave us Genesis 126 when he said he made everything and gave us power over everything. Everything out there is mine. He made it for me. The trees, the ground, cars, everything. He gave me dominion over those things. 
But without that information, how can you even know that he created, he gave it to you? That's why you can't just come to church and just, and just, and be, and just be church as usual. No, we got to come with an expectancy. Amen. Expect to receive something from the Lord, from his word. Expect him, but he's going to clean your heart and renew the right spirit in you. Because sometimes you got to come and he's like, I ain't right today. I'm going to go to the altar and get some help. Or y'all keep praying for me to God get this thing off him so that I can give him what he to do. Because I want to be a true worshiper. I don't want to be somebody who can fake the phone. I don't want to be just going through the motions. That, that ain't getting me nowhere with God. I need to be able to hear from him at all times. I'm going to be, 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 be one of his, his man of God that he called me to be. I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to be a father. I'm going to be a husband. I need to be able to hear from him. If I have to look out for my son so I can give him good advice so he gets older to become a great man of God, I need to be able to hear. So I got to be able to read my word and get understanding. Hebrews 11, 17 through 19. By faith, Abraham offered Isaac when he was tested. The one who received the promises was offering his only son. He had been told concerning him, your legitimate descendants will come from Isaac. He figured that God could even raise him from the dead. So in a way, he did receive him back from the dead. Abraham figured in his mind, he said, if he's going to kill my son, he must be able to bring him back to life so that my son can be can, can be fruitful and multiply and take on my lineage once I'm gone. See, that was faith. Your faith and your obedience go together. That's how you come to worship. You don't believe God will God. If you don't believe that God can do all that he can, you ain't been worshiping the right way. He's just not. You're gonna be, it's going to have a disconnect. You believe him on some things, but you won't believe him on this thing. You got to believe God for all things. It's all or nothing. It's not a both and. It doesn't work that way. That's how God is. Do you believe? Do you trust him? They fall. That's hard. I know that, I, that, that that's hard for some people to understand. I, I I get it. I'm not knocking it. I'm not. I'm not distrusting. I'm, I'm telling. I, I I agree with it. But it's worth it because he's already been battle tested. That's what, that's what that's what I believe in Bible. It's battle tested. If I can believe the teachings of Socrates, I can believe the teachings of the Bible. Amen. They both old. Amen. And I can test it and fact check. It. I can fact check the, 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 the crucifixion. I can fact check the, uh, the evidential the method to, to, uh, to see what, what they were saying was true in the Bible. I can do that thing, do those things. That's why I believe it. Now I've seen, that's not including my own life. And I've seen the wounds of work. I was broke. I was broken and broke. I was under the rock. And God made a way. Amen. Out of no way. Amen. Continuously. Amen. So my just, my, my only response is to give him praise and worship. Amen. That's the response I give him. Not because I feel like it, because it's what he is doing. Amen. And that's all he requires. He, God don't require you to bring no money to him. What are you going to do with money? You know he owns everything. The money is beneficial for you in the place that you're at. That's why you get to your local assembly. Well, we all supposed to be here. We want to keep it going. The ministries are here to benefit us. And the people that's coming around us. God is in heaven. He got everything. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you worship. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your understanding. We thank you for the knowledge that has been given unto us. Lord God, if there, we don't have clean hearts in the day, Father. The ones on the prime of which, Father, clean our hearts, Father. Give us hearts that are for you. Give us hearts that come towards you, that chase after you with all that we have and all that we know. Father God. Bless us, Father, with understanding. Bless, bless us, Father, with the gifts that you will give. Distribute your gifts, Father, as you see fit, Father, for the building of the kingdom, Father. So we be kingdom people so that we understand that 
we are beneficiaries of you, that you have given us all things on this earth, Lord God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your life, and that you lived it, and you showed us the way, and now that we live it as well. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.